For I am crucified with Christ, and yet I live. Embrace the cross where Jesus. Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. First John chapter 1 verse number 9 is where we're going to be at today. First John chapter 1 verse number 9 is where we will start today. I'd like to encourage you to go to our, our website, crossboundministry.com. You can get a copy of my new book there, Fearless Christian. It will help you live a fearless Christian life. And also, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us as we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? You can give $5 a month, $10 a month, $50 a month, whatever it is God could lay on your heart so that we could spread the gospel. I just want to share a little bit about me and my wife, as I don't think I've done before. Me and my wife both work full-time. And so every dollar that is given to the ministry goes directly to the ministry to spread the gospel through the radio, through uh, books and, and tracks and every other means that God has given us. Amen. So not only we work, we also work in, in missions in, in the ministry field. And so we prayerfully, would you prayerfully consider uh, helping partnering us spread the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ so 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9 is where we're going to start today. And the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you catch that? All, A-L-L, unrighteousness. There is nothing and nobody on this planet that can cleanse you from all unrighteousness except for the Lord Jesus Christ. So in order for us to walk day by day in fellowship with God and with our fellow believers, listen to me, we must confess our sins daily to God and ask forgiveness from God for the sins of commission, the sins of omission. You know, a lot of the sin we do is in our mind. Thought sins. Uh, Then you have sins that you actually act out and you actually do. And then there's the secret sins that nobody about knows about, the public sins. And you say, preacher, what's the difference between a sin of commission? Well, commission, a sin of commission is doing what we shouldn't do. Like you know not to tell a lie, but when you tell a lie, that's a sin of commission. Then there's a sin of omission, and that's doing what we know that we ought to do, but we choose not to do it. For, for example, uh, lying is a sin of commission. Not tithing it would be a sin of omission. We know we're supposed to do it, yet we don't do it. And so that's what the Bible says in James 4, 17. Listen to this verse. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. 
In other words, if you see a starving person and God says, hey, buy that person a hamburger, and you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm, just, I'm too busy. I don't have enough money. I'm broke this week. It's tight this week. And you go on about your business. Hey, you have just sinned. Now, that's not in the Bible to buy a hungry man a cheeseburger. But if you see him and you know he's starving and you can see that he's hungry and God puts it on your heart and you decide not to, the Bible says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. Doesn't that broaden the horizon of sin on your life because many times we think well i don't do this i don't say that i don't go there i don't drink i don't smoke i don't do this and i don't do that but how about all the things that you should do that you should do and when you don't do them that is a sin listen to me we must drag our sin into the open before god and call that sin by its name and listen this is so important you need to take sides with god against that sin and forsake that sin yes 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 i said forsake so yes true confession involves forsaking of sins listen to what the bible says in proverbs 28 13 this is what it says he that covereth his sin shall not prosper but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have. Yes, that's what it says. The Bible says you're supposed to confess it and forsake it. Confess it meaning, Lord, I admit it's wrong. I'm sorry. I don't want to do it again. And forsaking it would be turning your back on it. I'm not doing that no more. I'm not touching that. Whatever that sin was, or even if it was a sin of omission, something that you knew you were supposed to do, like tithe or like buy a, a starving man a cheeseburger, you say, Lord, I'm going to do that. I know that's good. I know that's what you've called me to do. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And so from now on, that's what I'm going to do. And so the Bible says that if you covereth your sin, you shall not prosper. And that's something we all want, isn't it? We all want to prosper. Hey, we all want to prosper. And it just sounds good. I want to prosper. Sure, we all do. But the Bible says that he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. And whatever it is in life. And so there it is in black and white, ladies and gentlemen. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. And you say, well, what about that guy? I saw him getting away with it. And I know he's a cheater. And I know he's a liar. I know he's a thief. But he's a millionaire. And he's got this and he's got that. You listen to me. God's keeping track. It's not your job. It's not my job to keep track. The Bible says that he will bring all things into judgment one day and all things will be made right because listen to me that's real prosperity when god is happy with you when god can judge your life and say yes it's a just and holy life they've done what they knew they should do i don't mean you're not going to fail you're not going to mess up you're not going to fall on your face but the intent is that hey you you are doing you the will in your heart is you are doing what god has called you to do and that's your motive that's your intent that's what god looks at he knows you're going to fail and fumble and fall and, and mess up, but he still loves you. The Bible says a righteous man falleth seven times, yet he gets up again. Amen. And so you, you keep on getting up. Keep on moving forward for the Lord. And you know, when we do that, we claim the promise that God is faithful and just 
to forgive us. Amen. He is faithful in the sense that he promised to forgive and he will abide by his promise. How much do you trust God's word? You trust him enough to save your soul. Now you need to trust him enough to know that he is truthfully and honestly and completely as far as the east is from the west forgiven you for those sins. And you ask, well, what about the sins which a person commits after conversion, after they're saved? Well, as far as the penalty is concerned, the price has already been paid by the Lord Jesus on the cross of Calvary. You see, the penalty has already been taken care of. If you're, if you're born again, you're washed in the blood, you got Jesus in your heart, the penalty of sin you do not have to worry about. Now, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, listen to me, the Bible says that you and God are at, at enmity with each other and you do have the penalty of sin hanging over your head. And this, listen, the, the moment that your heart stops, you'll know what that penalty is. It's a place called hell. But while you have life in you, while you have breath in you, you have the opportunity that you can forsake those sins, that you can ask for forgiveness and realize that Jesus is God in the flesh. He is our intercessor between us and God. And that's why he can forgive those sins. There's nothing and nobody else that can. He said, how do you get to heaven? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And you say, well, how can that be possible? How is Jesus the Son of God, but yet he also is God? I cannot fully explain that one. If I could, I, could, I would be like God, right? But I can't, but I can fully believe it. There are many things that I don't understand. I just believe them. I really don't understand how the wind is. You can't see it, but you can see the effects of it. Why? But I truthfully believe it because I, I know it's there. And so forgiveness. So as far as if you've been saved, you're saved from the penalty. But as far as fellowship, see, as far as fellowship in the family of God is concerned, the sinning saint needs parental forgiveness. And you say, what do you mean, preacher, parental forgiveness? I mean that God is not going to kick you out of the family. But no, you need the father's forgiveness so that you have fellowship with him that you can walk one with him, that you can be close with him. You have to remember, God's not going to be close to sin. So when you, when you confess it and you forsake it, you will draw nigh, you will draw close unto God. You're not going to lose your salvation. No, sir, no, ma'am. The Bible says once you're saved, you're sealed unto the day of redemption. But what it does when a person who's saved and they bring sin into their life, it really hurts the fellowship that they have with God. And so when I say the sinning person, the sinning saint needs parental forgiveness, they need the Father. They need to ask God for forgiveness. But listen, when we confess our sins, listen to me, we must believe on the authority of the Word of God that He forgives us. And when He forgives us, you and me, we must be willing to forgive ourselves. Many times we get hung up on that. I know God's forgive me, but I can't, I just, I just can't let it go. It's been eating me alive. You listen to me. That is a lie from the devil. He wants nothing more than to drag your past up and rub it all in your face, rub it all in your nose so you can smell it. That is not from God. God wants you to move forward for the Lord. He said that your sins are forgiven. 
They're as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. But the devil will drag that up. Hey, you remember what you did? Hey, you remember how miserable you were? You remember how much you failed? You remember you waited too late in life to get saved? You remember this? You remember that? That's not from the Lord. You remember that's from the devil. So when you get those fiery darts shooting in your mind, because they're coming, the devil's coming for you. You remember, you know where that dart came from. It didn't come from God. Because see, if the devil can stop you in your tracks, if he can get those darts in there, then he can stop you moving forward for the Lord. He can get you down in the dumps. You'll have the mully grubs. You'll be dragging around. You'll feel like nothing and nobody. But listen, that, that's what I'm saying. You've got to realize when you ask God forgiveness and believe on the authority of the word of God that he has truly forgiven you, then you must be willing to forgive yourself. Amen? Why? Because then you're going to move forward for the Lord. You're going to do what God wants you to do because you have that zealous that, hey, I know, I see myself through the eyes of Scripture and how much God has forgiven me. And I want to move forward for the Lord. Amen? Let's look at 1 John chapter 1, verse number 10. The Bible says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. In order to be in fellowship with God, we must not deny, we cannot deny that we have committed acts of sin. We have sinned, right? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then the Bible also says there, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. No, he's not a liar. We might be the liar, but the Bible says all have sinned. So God has stated over and over in his word, we're all sinners. We see that fellowship with God does not require our lives to be sinless. Listen to me, saint. Listen to me, saved person. When you look at scripture, we see that fellowship with God does not require lives to be completely sinless. I'm not giving you a license to sin. Don't take that out. Of, let's finish here. But rather it requires that all our sin should be brought out into the presence of God. They must be confessed. They must be forsaken. Amen. And so it means that we must be absolutely honest about our condition to God and ourself. You see, many times God, God knows it all. You're not going to hide anything for him, but many times we hide it from ourselves when we think we're hiding it from God. But God says, no, I see it all. I see the motive. I see the intent. I see what you did. I see your thought life. I see everything about it. But nowhere in scripture does it say you're going to be sinless. You're going to be perfect. Now, don't use that as a license to sin like the apostle Paul said. It's not a license to sin. You're, you're not going to be per perfect. You're not going to be completely sinless. But your motive for forsaking sin and asking for forgiveness of sin should be of the utmost importance in your life because you want to be close with God. You want to have a fellowship with God. Amen? We'll talk about that more in just a minute. Look with me now in chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 1. The Bible says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Thank God for that. Amen. The little children, hey, that refers to all the members of the family of God. You say, but I'm 70. No, 
Listen to what the Bible says. You're a little child. You're in God's family. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 17, verse number two. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. The Bible says it was better if somebody just tied a millstone around their neck and they threw themselves in the sea than if they were to hurt one of God's children. Why? Because they'll stand before God for that and they'll answer for it. Amen. So God's, listen, God's perfect standard is then set forth. Listen to what he says in that verse. These things write I unto you. That's what it says. I write to you that you may not sin. But John tells us that we have grace. Praise God for grace. And if we fail, our advocate, we have an advocate with the Father. It's Jesus Christ. And so God sets the standard. Hey, you must be perfect. Don't allow any sin in your life. But if, if you fail, we have an advocate with the Father, and He is Jesus Christ. Because God is perfect. And listen, His standard for His people must be absolutely perfect. Perfection, that is God. He is perfect. There is no sin in Him. And so why would He, why would he make a different standard for us, right? Because God is perfect. His standard is perfect. But He also knew that we needed grace. And He also knew that we needed a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. And he would not be God if he said, listen, listen to this. He would not be God if he said, these things write I to you so that you sin just as little as you can. No, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. Because God is a perfect God and his standard is perfect. He knows that we can't be perfect. But listen, when you're saved, when you're born again, when you're washed in the blood, that's how he sees you, just as his son is perfect. You are covered in the perfect, righteous blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how God will see you in perfection. Amen. He knows you're not perfect. And that's why he sent Jesus to die on that cross. And so God cannot condone sin, not even in the slightest degree. And so he sets perfection as the standard. And the Lord Jesus did this with the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. What did he say to her? When he caught her, he said, Neither I condemn you, go and sin no more. He did not want her to sin anymore. Did she? She probably did. But his standard was, hey, go and sin no more. Do all that you can, ladies and gentlemen, to keep sin out of your life. Sin is a destroyer of the relationship that you have, the fellowship that you have with God. You're still, there, you're still his child just as much as when you sin and you upset your mom and dad. You're still in their family. And they still love you. But it just hurts the relationship, right? You still have the same last name. You're still a child of God. It just hurts the fellowship. And that's why you must ask for, you must confess and forsake that sense to bring the fellowship back where it ought to be. And it says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You know what an advocate is? An advocate is one who comes to the side of another person in the time of need or in the time of in help when they need help. This is exactly what the Lord Jesus does 
for us when we sin. He comes to us in order to restore the fellowship with himself and the fellowship with God. Here, isn't this such a, a very interesting verse? Notice that it does not say, if any man confess his sins, as our advocate, the Lord, seeks to bring us to the place where we do confess and forsake our sins. No. He said, we have an advocate with the Father. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank God for that. He's like our lawyer, but also the lawyer that paid the bill. Amen. How many times have you heard of that happening? Let's look at the next verse. verse 1 John chapter 2, verse number 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is also the propitiation for our sins. This means that by dying for us, he freed us from the guilt of our sins and restored us to God by providing the needed sanctification and by removing the barriers to fellowship with God with his perfect, righteous, and just, holy blood. So it's not often that an advocate, like a, like a, a lawyer as we talked about, pays for his client's sin. Can you imagine that? Going to court and you get a lawyer and the lawyer says, not only am I going to defend you, not only am I going to take the place for you, I'm gonna also going to pay the price that you owe. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Not only is he there to help us, he also paid the price for us. Amen. Thank God for that. Man, Jesus is so amazing. Don't you love the subscri- the subscription that was put over the cross? It was written it was written in Hebrew, the language of God's chosen people, and in Greek and in Latin, which was the principal language of the then no known world. In three different languages, it proclaimed Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews. It was proclaimed to all the world that Jesus Christ is, is a sufficient, sufficient Savior for all men everywhere. Amen. That was over the cross. Thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord. That, now, that's just a sign, but that's just who He is. God in the flesh. Amen. You say fully explain that. I can't, but I can fully believe it. That is God in the flesh. Not only is he the son of God, he is God in the flesh. Look with me now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Can I ask you, do you have a new relationship with sin? After you got saved, you say, I got a relationship with Jesus. That's great. But do you have a new relationship with sin? Because listen, if you have a relationship with Jesus, I promise you, you're going to have a new relationship with sin. You're not going to want to sin. You're going to hate sin. The things that you used to love, that used to bring your flesh pleasure, you no longer want to do them anymore. You want to forsake, confess and forsake those things. So John has given the true marks of those who are Christian fellowship, not meaning I go to church, I put money in the plate, I tithe, I have a position at the church. No, none of those. He says, if we keep his commandments, do you, do you have that desire in your heart to keep his commandments? To keep his commandments is to obey the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. To keep his word means not only obedience to what is written, But it's a desire to do what we know would please him. I want to please God. I want to do what's right. 
I want to follow the rules because I love him. and I don't want to hurt him. I want to be close to him and walk with him and talk with him and tell him I am his own. Amen. Do you have that relationship? Have you been born again and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.